Hello everyone, today I have a very exciting guest on my podcast, his name is Michael, and Michael is a TikTok expert. Now he got highly recommended by a few different people when I posted on Facebook that we need a podcast or an expert in TikTok. So Michael has been doing TikTok for a number of years and um, he's pretty good at it. And today we're going to dive into TikTok, what is TikTok, if you don't know what TikTok is, and how you can get maybe on TikTok and also most importantly how you can grow your TikTok organically without it being ads. Welcome to season nine of Unleash Your Focus podcast, the number one place to be to start, grow or scale your online business. This season we have stepped it up. I am not just diving in behind the scenes to understand what makes these entrepreneurs successful, but throughout season nine, we will be giving away prizes every single week that you can win books, courses, coaching programs, vouchers, and so much more. You will not just get the knowledge from the experts on the actual episode, but we will send you a transcription on email every single week with a summary and a call to action that you can implement in your business. To qualify for prices, please make sure that you are on the email list so you don't miss out and share this with friends and family that you think needs this in their life. Go to unmutualfocus.com and register today. I can't wait to share these episodes with you. See you on the inside. Hi, Michael. How are you doing? Pretty good. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really excited. I know we uh, talked about it on a Facebook messenger real quick and we we're like, okay, we got to do this. There's something, there's a good synergy here. So yeah, happy to be here. Hopefully I can answer some questions, give some value and yeah, see where the conversation takes us. Thank you. And thank you for agreeing to doing this because I think a lot of people, including myself, are just so clueless with TikTok. You know, um, I literally joined it like probably three weeks ago. I have all of five followers. So I am like a baby. Okay. Um, but I have noticed that I've been driving a lot of traffic to my podcast with actually just putting snippets on it. And some of the snippets that I have is literally like two, 3000 views, but I only have five followers and I've got more likes. So there's obviously a pattern, you know, and if I put that same video on Instagram, I don't get the same growth. Mm. So I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about this because I think a lot of people, you know, would struggle with this as well. Yeah. But before we get into the TikTok stuff, tell me about you, who is Michael and what does Michael do on a normal day? <laughs> Michael on a normal day is on his computer <laughs> pretty much all day. Um, yeah, I've been doing marketing for about 15 years. My mm -hmm. base experience came from doing photography and graphic design, video editing, some more in like the creative um, artistic space, which I think helped me now see things maybe differently in terms of spotting patterns or mm -hmm. storytelling elements or what's in there. But um, yeah, been a, my foundation is more of the graphic, the art stuff. And then I quickly realized that I wasn't really making as much money as like the people that I would hand it off to the marketing people. Mm -hmm. And then I would look at them and I'm like, that's my design, <laughs> but now they're making this much and having this much impact. So then I got more into like, okay, what am I supposed to do with, let's say this flyer or at the time, like this website, like what's the real mechanics you need to understand. And that's how I got more into marketing and advertising. And then um, just getting a little bit more creative. I think one thing I've always tried to do is try to be very curious about a platform and not really judge it too much more mm -hmm. of just like, if people are talking about it, I need to take my personal feelings out of it. Like for example, NFTs, I don't really care. I think it's like whatever, but I'm like, if it's, if there's something happening here. Yeah. So I've always tried to force myself to go into it. So jumped on TikTok in 2018 when it was called Musical.ly, started doing some campaigns because we had a younger demographic for a client and we're like, oh, hey, the young audience is here. Let's partner with influencers. And then the rest was history. Our, I think our 
net revenue from TikTok was better than the campaigns you ran for YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter combined. Wow. And that's when I was like, personally, like, okay, okay, okay. There's something, there's something going on here. At the time, it was that kid dancing kind of cringy <laughs> content. It's, it's evolved quite a lot since 2018. But um, yeah, just started getting on TikTok, started having fun with it, made my own profiles, started to figure it out, started taking on clients, use clients I already had to be like, hey, you know, I think this might be something cool. And um, yeah, here we are. Most people know me for TikTok these days because it's the first thing I've done publicly and talked about publicly. Mm -hmm. I like to be a little bit behind the scenes. I don't really like people knowing who I am, but uh, most people know me for TikTok. But um, I have quite a lot of experience on a lot of different apps and platforms. But uh, yeah, if you Google my name, you're probably like, oh, it's the TikTok guy. But uh, yeah, hopefully that was a quick little brief summary of me. But that's so much fun, though, because, you you know, you've got all this experience in all these different fields. So, you know, you can really combine some really serious mean skills all together. So that's very cool. This yeah, NF, what I, do you call I, this thing? NF, NFT, what is it called? NFTs, non-fungible tokens. This is how clueless I am. But I have a friend that is killing it with it. Can you please tell yeah. us about these things? <laughs> well, the today I want you to look at the original date because I have purposely it's one of those things I'm like, I don't have time to learn all this other stuff. So NFTs yeah. has now been put on the back burner. Yeah. But this month starting last week, it's like, okay, this is gonna be a big focus. But I guess the way that I would explain NFTs from the perspective that I have that's very limited and I have no clue what I'm talking <laughs> about technically. As, um, it's the idea of having ownership on something digital. So yeah, you know, most of us will see an image, which is more popular NFTs right now. Mm -hmm. Let's say it's a digital image I created mm -hmm. and people are buying and selling it. Of course, you can just take a screenshot and you own it, but it's more of having the ability to have social proof that everybody agrees that that person's the owner through what they call the blockchain. It's kind of like this technology that, you know, shows some kind of sense of like a true ownership, yeah. which including myself. I'm like, it's just an image. I'll just screenshot it. Who cares? But, you know, I was listening to this podcast and I thought they had a really good idea. NFTs is starting to move in different ways from outside of the images. It's becoming more of a utility. So, you know, maybe the NFT like Gary V does, did mm -hmm. his unlocks ability to go to conferences, to have one-on-one -on -one calls with him. It's like, if you have the key, which is this NFT, you get access to this thing in the same way, if you're verified on Instagram, the check mark is nothing. It's not a real thing. It's this idea, but you unlock status, you unlock, you know, potentially better brand deals because it's kind of like you're verified. But um, someone gave me an example of something that's a utility. I thought it was really good. He's like, how many times have you played a video game and you've unlocked something like a character or whatever? But when you're done with that game, it kind of just sits there and collects yeah. digital dust. But he's like, what if you could trade it to somebody else or sell that to someone else who is interested and they can get that like, you know, skin or the outfit or that whatever it might be, that's like the marketplace of the transaction or if you could upgrade it to something. And I was like, okay. This this kind of makes sense now. So yeah, that that's like I guess a brief way I would explain it. There's so many better videos and demonstration examples. I would highly suggest checking it out. Again, I think it's like whatever, but everybody that I look up to and everybody that's usually really good at early adoptions, yes. they're all in on it. And I'm like, all right, I guess I gotta learn. Probably the same way that people here are listening, like, okay, TikTok, I guess I gotta figure this out because. <laughs> Instagram's doing it. Facebook's doing it. YouTube's doing it. So, you know, short form video, I got to figure it out. Because I mean, TikTok is really like, if you look at reels, Instagram reels and YouTube shorts, and I mean, that's really just copying or modeling the TikTok thing, because that's really what it is. Yeah. 
It's yeah, just a and trend. It's even, it's even extending further too to Pinterest. Pinterest has their idea pins, which is oh. the same thing. Facebook release reels. LinkedIn oh, yeah. had it. I think they pulled it back. Um, more recently, which I find really interesting is that Netflix is coming out with their own version of TikTok, which sounds bizarre. But yeah. the idea that they're testing is that there's a separate feed where you could see trailers or you could see little moments of it. So let's say I watched, um, trying to think of a movie like The Lion King, for example. <laughs> that it might start to suggest little clips the same way that it does on TikTok or YouTube, where you might see a little, you're like, oh, I love this scene. It's 30 seconds. I love when this happens. Now Netflix is doing that with their own stuff. So it seems like short form content that's really just jam packed, like real quick little information bite. I call it a dopamine hit where it's like this little thing where you're like, ooh, I kind of like how that made me feel or the emotion I felt. It just seems to be rolling out on all social platforms. It's not going away. Everybody's ramping up for it. So if you figure out TikTok, you more or less can figure out all the other ones because they're all copying TikTok. So you figure out the the real one. (laughs) The rest just kind of follow suit. So how do you get that 30 seconds of, almost like 30 seconds of fame? Like how do you pack so much dopamine into that 30 seconds though there must be some psychology behind that yeah i mean i think one of the most obvious things and this is one thing i think most people kind of overlook is really understanding who your audience is and what the problem is they're facing or Mm -hmm. what can make them get an emotion i know that's like people probably hearing this like yeah duh, i know that but if you can i would highly suggest going on tiktok downloading it if you already have it open it up Go through the for you page and don't watch it from the perspective of is this entertaining to me, but think of to yourself, like what is entertaining about this to the audience that's supposed to be seeing it. So I see cat videos. I see these stupid prank videos that are not funny to me, but I'll have to look at it very objectively and like, okay, the audience is for 10 year olds or 15 year olds. I think it's stupid as a 30 year old man, but like, you know, a 15 year old might like this because, okay, there's bright colors, there's little kittens being played with, there's like whatever it might be. I would highly encourage looking through it and dissecting more of like, what's in this? What's the story? What's the elements? And you very quickly, if you can kind of start to train your brain to do this, you start to pick up on patterns, patterns that you don't necessarily think are important, but once you've kind of trained the habit of your mind, you'll be able to start to dissect content very quickly. So if there was like, if I could share my screen right now or be in front of people, I can more or less look at any video within five seconds, pause it and be like, what was here? Oh, they talked to a problem and then they quickly gave an example or result, And now they're giving me a demonstration. And the reason, well, while they're giving me a demonstration, they're talking about a desired result that I want. Mm-hmm. So that might manifest in the sense of like, oh my God, I'm getting divorced and this is so expensive. Let me just show you what what I have to pay for. Look at this right here. Like this is five years. Like I'm saying a scenario, I don't know. I'm just making this off the top of my head. It might visually look funny. It's like, oh my God, this woman's so funny. She's just talking about, but when you really break it down, you can quickly discern like, oh, this is just very basic storytelling. Like it's not really that crazy. I think the problem is that people naturally and normally on TikTok They tell it in a long story, but it needs to be quick. Like you don't need to show three examples. Give me one. You don't need to ramble on. Just give me one single sentence talking to a problem and desire. So it might be like, um, don't you hate it when your kids just have peanut butter and it gets all over the floor? This is what I use. It helps every time. Like that's such a simple thing, but I gave a problem. I presented desire. I gave a call to action of this, what I did. I gave anticipation. It's just a single sentence, but those little things I think people need to focus on a little bit more that seems to be the framework that seems to be the thing that most things have in common now obviously different niches 
have different story types or the way they do it. So if you're a mom, you might talk in a certain way, dress in a certain way versus if you're like some guy into cars, like that might be a totally different way. But the underlying premise of storytelling and the framework, it's always there. It's always present. It's just, I don't know, you got to kind of look at it slightly different, uh, more from that objective analytical standpoint versus like, I don't get the joke doesn't matter like it's not for you why did they get the joke <laughs> what made them laugh and you know looking at all the time i look at cons i'm like this is so stupid but oh i guess it's funny to her because <laughs> you know what i mean like I, I guess she has a dog and this happened to her too or whatever so people have this perception that tiktok is just all about dance videos and things like that and hey i i was right on that bandwagon about six months ago and i was like crikey what is this big fuss about this bloody platform i couldn't get it and then I went on it and I was like, oh, I see it now. And there's people that I've been following for a long, long time, other marketers, um, and they all, or most of them are all on TikTok and they're using TikTok for business. You know, they literally doing like, and I, I you should know Rachel, big marketer. Um, she's also big in the ClickFunnels community. So she's on there and I like to follow her videos because she's got short snippets of just really great content. Um, so TikTok for business, I think has been exploding in the last, I don't know how many, maybe a year or two. I don't know how this is. Yeah. I would say, but I think it got more people's attention mid 2020. Yeah. Um, around like the, the pandemic started happening and people were like, yeah. what's this app? My dad, including hated the app, made fun of it. And then within about a week, that's his number one app. I just talked to him last week and I asked him, you know, what does your normal day look like? And I, we looked at his phone. TikTok is about an hour and a half. And then everything else, like Instagram is like 10 minutes, 20 minutes or whatever. It's just because it's so good at showing, presenting content. So yeah, around 2020, I think the marketers started to realize how addicted they were. Not addicted sounds bad, but like how hooked it was where it's like, damn this is really good and then i think yeah. their marketing will started to turn where it's and like well if turn it's it to so they can become addicted to you know people come addicted to their content i've noticed that yeah. because there's so many mark and they're not just marketers like other people that i'm following which is not the dance video so i was like oh wow this is really good and the same as you i follow those patterns and look to see what they do what they say to actually make you want to you know watch them do you have tips for businesses michael on tiktok uh yeah um Tips for businesses. I'm trying to think of like, what's like the most distilled basic thing that people, I guess I'll say this thing. I, I haven't really talked about it publicly very much. It's something mm -hmm. I want to create like a little free mini lesson on or training, but yeah. all this other stuff is great. If you could do a trend, amazing. If you could have an alpha, all this other stuff, it's, it's cool. It's great. But I think a lot of people lose sight, especially business owners on the little things they can improve on ahead of time without even being like the technical stuff. So I guess like a basic example of this, like if you're going to go on a date with someone, you if you have a really good personality and you're funny and you're bubbly and you're positive, you're good to go. Like you can come looking schlumpy. You can have your hair. It doesn't matter. Most people, you know, they just enjoy you for you. But on the opposite, if you have a really shit personality and you're rude, but you have a nice watch and nice clone. It doesn't really matter because the core fundamental pillar of who you are, it's not really that well. So I use that as this example where if you can get really good at copywriting, if you can get really good at storytelling, and if you can get really good at like um, nonverbal cues, things that people can pick up on, your videos will just tend to naturally do good. And if you could add all that other stuff on, if I show up with a nice watch, I smell nice, I got a haircut, it just adds to a more likelihood. Like, oh, he's handsome, oh, he's charming. But 
you know what I mean? If you don't have that core thing. So I would say maybe one thing to think about is looking at these TikTok videos and also planning and, you know, for, especially for businesses, it's going to come down to more educational. Yeah. You could do the trends and be fun. You can do all that stuff. It's great. But if you're going to do more of the direct content, I would say one, look at your body language, like really for anybody who's watching the video right now, if I'm like this and I'm like, I'm so excited to tell you about something. Um, this literally changed my life. It doesn't sync up. And I notice a lot of business owners, they're frozen. They're so rigid. But if I was like, I'll kind of move my mic so I don't punch it. If I'm like, oh my God, guys, I'm so excited. Like all of a sudden, you know, we've evolved and we've grown up to see visual cues. I think there was a study where they showed a mom staring at her baby, stone face, doesn't make any facial expressions. That baby freaks out and starts crying and it starts like, because we're just evolved to look at the yeah. face to see the body. And the moment the mom smiles, the baby laughs and it goes back to normal. So you know, as a young age, we're trained to see this body language of visual cues. So I think it's a very easy, simple, low hanging fruit. Don't need to figure out any crazy TikTok stuff. If you can one, figure out your body language, make sure it syncs up, use your hands. If you're going to use something like, here's something, watch the video. If you guys can watch the video, I'm pointing with my fingers. Here's one thing you got to do right now to just explode. Like these hand gestures, these big grandiose ones, it just pulls you in. Maybe also the second thing I would say is tonality where I'm like, if I said, oh my God, guys, this is the most impressive thing. It's like, dude, you sound so bored. But if I'm like, <laughs> guys, you might want to turn the volume down. I'm going to talk a little louder on the mic. I'm like, oh my God, guys, this is crazy. Like that just makes you feel excited. You feel more eager or, eager. or on the opposite. If I'm like, okay, guys, I got a secret for you, but don't tell anybody. Like that lower tone pulls you in in the natural way that you would normally do that. So I would say body language, tonality. And then I will also say storytelling and more of that like psychology behind it. What's the examples you're using? What are the things you're saying? Like these things are really important. So if I'm like, let's say you're a business and you're targeting a young demographic teens. I'm not going to say, you know, here's a really cool thing about Tina Turner. It's like Tina Turner. I think that's my mom's music. She used to listen to. You should probably do something that's more applicable to that audience. So it's like, here's something really good to know about um, little baby. I don't know. I'm just sure that's the first one that popped in my head. That's like a young person's rapper music, you know? So if you are going to think of things psychologically to say, make sure it's something that's relatable to that targeted demographic. What do they look like? What are they buying? Who are they watching? What are they consuming? It's a very easy way to relate. If you can combine these three elements, I know this sounds so basic and it sounds so simplified, but really, again, look at TikTok, look at your favorite TikTok people and pay attention to their body language, pay attention to their tones and pay attention to the psychology of what they're saying. If you could do that, all of their stuff, it's fluff. It's all, it's all icing on the cake. It does help. It does increase. You do want to pay attention to that, but it doesn't matter if I'm doing all the cool trips and hacks and hashtag strategy. I'm just like, oh my God, guys, this is the most exciting news I've ever heard. No, no one's, no one's <laughs> inspired. No one's excited. So I think that would be some of the most basic stuff I would say um, yeah. from a fundamental thing, maybe just like as a quick little 30 second, you know, crash course, I would say one, go on TikTok go search up whatever the field is. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing you can do, and I would suggest doing is when you search it up on the TikTok app, on the very top right corner, you get these little three line rulers where you can adjust the settings, click that, it'll drop down, and then you can choose based off timeframes now. So you can be like, I wanna see content with this keyword 
that has it in it for the last seven days, the last 30 days, last 90 days. And I would say just consume that content. Look at what they're doing. I'm not saying rip them off and copy them, but look at mm -hmm. what's working for joy where it's like, oh, we're the same niche. She's talking about mom stuff. Okay, I'm a mom. Maybe I can get some ideas from there. Simple thing you could do, just yeah. do that. I would say go into other people, your competitors, um, comments mm -hmm. and read their comments, see what people are talking about. Cause a lot of times people will do something about, let's say, for example, I make a video about, um, uh, substance abuse, let's just say mm -hmm. about, you know, something that's really emotional. You might think it's like, Oh, they want to hear about substance abuse. But if you look at the comments, it's like, Oh, I have a family member that's dealing with that. I don't know what to do for them. It wasn't that the actual real true essence was that personal thing. And you can see people have 500 replies to that answer or whatever. That could be a cue to you to be like how to deal with substance abuse if your family member is part of it. That's just going to work a little bit better. So you can start to get these better ideas and really understand more of the psychographic information of what's really, really happening there. Um, and I think the last thing I would say is don't don't overboard yourself. Don't try to do the most. Don't try to do 20 videos a day. Like take it with ease. I feel like a lot of people feel this pressure and they pump out content. They're doing all this stuff. They get burnt out. Something happens. They love it. Something doesn't happen. They hate it. It's such an emotional roller coaster. I would say if you're going to do a video for that day, set a time boundary, have healthy constraints. I'm going to spend 30 minutes doing a video today. That's it. That's it. And be okay. If you didn't finish it, save it as a draft. I'll come back to it later. I think too much, too often. Most of the business owners that quit, they're just like, I'm overwhelmed. And I'm like, I get it. But like, yeah. you just gotta, you gotta get some consistency there and something that's like reliable. So yeah, hopefully that answers the question to that's some good. extent. Yeah, um, no, <laughs> was it like, you know, talking too long? No, 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 that's good. I like your answers, Michael, because it's like, it's right on the money. And also something that I've, um, out of experience is, and I mean, obviously, if you're going to talk about this as well, if you want to, um, is like when people comment, you can use those comments to turn it into content. Um, yeah, exactly. And then on yeah. some um, people's profiles, including yourself, they can have the option where other people can reply to your comments. So you might be able to go to somebody else's page and take their comment and reply to it, even if it's not on your video. Now, yeah. the downside technically is if you do that, um, technically, if that if your video goes viral, all that traffic is going to be going back to them versus mm -hmm. you, because most people are gonna be like, well, what are they talking about? They're going to click that comment, then it takes them back to that person's profile. So, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't share the wealth, they might have helped you go viral. So hey, I'll mm -hmm. help you go viral in return. But at the same time, just thinking strategy wise, we're like, well, I'm also a lawyer and that was a lawyer's page and all, they're all going to the lawyer. Like, <laughs> I, I need the traffic for me. But um, yeah, and that's I mean, that's a very simple, easy thing to do it's nothing yeah. too too crazy mm. i like that so this season season nine of my podcast is about the experts like yourself in tiktok but we also dive a little bit in behind the scenes on like what makes people successful and one of the things mm. i've interviewed probably close to 70 people probably close to 80 people now in my podcast in the last couple of years and one thing that is very like a thing is focus and goals um, hence the mm. fact that I've got them behind me. Is there a certain way, Michael, that you set goals to achieve them? Uh, I mean, that's a really good question. I try to generally work backwards. So mm. I'll think about what it is I'm trying to achieve. So for example, like want to be the president. <laughs> I don't want to be the president. We'll use that as an example. Then I just well, kind of work though. backwards. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I seen this recent uh, blog post. It was showing presidents before they were presidents and after they were done and the, the way they aged, it was, it was pretty insane. Where I'm like, Oh my God, it looks like they put 10 years 
in four years just from the stress of it. So I don't know if I want to be president in that sense. But um, yeah, I try to work backwards. So I see I want to be president. And then I think, okay, what would I have to do before that? I have to become on Congress. Then I got to do that. And I think when I'm able to do that, once I work back to the point where I'm now, I almost feel like, oh, I just literally created the timeline now I just need to follow it. So I kind of have the roadmap for the most part. Generally speaking, I just try to keep it simple like that in terms of goals. I try to pivot. I try to make sure that I'm open to changes. So I'm not just so regimented where it's like, I want to be president. If like, let's say I have a criminal record where it's like, okay, well, maybe not president. Maybe you need to do <laughs> something else that might be similar. I'm not saying, you know, you should give up on your dreams or whatever, but sometimes, you know, things come in a way where you recognize and you grow and like, ah, it's actually not for me. It's like I did a YouTube channel, quickly realized I don't really want to do YouTube videos. It just it wasn't the way I like to create and communicate. And then I pivoted more towards like, you know, creating more of the audio format versus the video format. But um, yeah, that's generally speaking, the way that I create and set my goals. I know it sounds so boring and so mundane. Um, I do try to track it as best as I can. I should be diligent about it every day, but I use a system that I built. So I kind of spits out charts and visual cues and lets me know automatically of like what I should do more of or where I'm falling or slipping mm -hmm. off of that does help in terms of accountability. Um, you know, one thing, one thing I'll say is this, something I've tried this last year and it works so well for me. I am hyper competitive. I will notice I don't care about something, but if someone else is interested and I regard myself a little bit better or they're better than me, you know, I, mm -hmm. I'm so aggressive or not aggressive. Sorry. I'm so like hyper competitive. I'm like, I, I got to do it. I got to compete. Um, what I found that worked really good for me is having a peer, someone that I can work aside with that might not be my direct competition, but let's say we're both doing a podcast and you're also doing one and we're on the same spaces or anything, but you're like, oh, I got this much. I found that by having a peer and seeing what they're doing, bouncing ideas off of one another while we're going through it at the same time, or they might be a little bit ahead of me. I have found there's been super tremendous in terms of me being motivated and sticking to it because it's like, if I slack for a week and then you're like, oh my God, I got on this show because of my, I'm like, oh man, I didn't do a podcast. I got to do one. So it's like friendly competition, but I found that having a peer for me, at least. And when I told other people and they tried it out has been tremendous in terms of like goal setting and actually achieving it. Um, yeah, I know my answer is a little bit boring though. <laughs> like I'm sure good. most people have like it's, cool it's had, systems and it's not, it's good. I like it. And it's that accountability buddy, right? You need that accountability yeah. buddy. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's for me, it's fun. Um, I noticed that I've been way more productive and maybe even more driven to some extent where I'm yeah. like, I can't lose. I can't lose. Maybe that's not for everybody. Obviously like not everybody's competitive, yeah. but, uh, if maybe you find yourself being a little competitive, that might help you out or maybe worth trying out. Yeah, I completely relate with that. Um, I've got a few different <laughs> accountability bodies and a few different things that I do. So um, business and personal. So I completely, and I am very competitive too. And I was like, you are <laughs> yeah. not going to kick my butt on this. Um, so yes, I completely, um, I went yeah. through a, a challenge, a step challenge, and I did it with a friend and she was about to beat me. And I was on my treadmill at 11 o'clock at night, that competitive to say, there's no way you're going to beat me with this. I am going to win. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there, I went to this one gym. I was, I was so annoyed by it, but I told the owner, I was like, dude, that's so brilliant. What you do is um, you go to the gym and you wear with these heartbeat sensors. It's all, you know, you can do it if you want to, you don't have to, but you put the heartbeat sensor on your chest. <laughs> yeah. And what it does is all the screens around you, it shows where you're at and where you're competing with other people. So for that hour workout session, 
who is number one, how many times I want to, and every single time I will look at people around me when it was like the, the last, like burnt, like the last sprint. And I'll look up, I'm like, I gotta go. <laughs> just so I would be number one, but it was smart because for people like me, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna do a little bit more, but I was like, it's so gamified. It totally had me <laughs> going that extra mile. Gamify is quite a big thing at the moment, right? Um, I see a lot of yeah. people, they gamify their the Zoom rooms and they gamify like basically their content. Is that something that you get into? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm super, super into it. I did a, a call today earlier this morning consulting mm -hmm. for TikTok and I was just showing him how you can add extra elements into the video that gives people more of a reason to comment. So like, for example, let's say there's a video of you and you're just in a white wall background room, just boring, nothing. I'm just going to comment about you. But let's say now I added a funny picture in the background. Now I can talk about the picture. Let's say I put you in where there's like a, a tank behind you or a boat or something. There's like another, you keep adding these stacks on top of it. But the idea gamifying it is that when you create a TikTok video, how many things can you add where it gives people an incentive and reason to want to comment about without it being obstructive to the actual video? So like for you, for example, what I'm looking at right now, like you on camera, like if you had a bow tie, that's just, I'm not saying you should wear a bow tie, but now that's one reason why do you wear a bow tie. If you had like a really nice jacket on it, like, oh, I love your jacket. Like you just give these extra reasons, but it gamifies engagement, gamifies comments. It does all this gamification methods. So yeah, 100%. I'm very much so in favor of um, <laughs> gamifying as much as possible. It's a quite, it's quite a fascinating co uh, concept for me because I haven't really explored it much, but um, I know of a few people that are doing really well with their content because they do exactly that. You know, they just put little elements in place and they make it fun and they get people to engage on that content, you know, because you, yeah, yeah. it's almost like a, almost like to a border, like a competitive thing as well when you gamify. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's, it's quite Yeah, fun. totally. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Are you a focused type person, Michael? Do you struggle to focus or are you very focused? Like I do struggle to focus when I don't care about the thing. So if it's something I have to do, yeah. I do notice my attention kind of dwindles a little bit or it's a little mm -hmm. bit, it's easier to like, Hey, do you want to go? Yep. <laughs> you know, versus like, no, 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 no. Just, just don't bother me. I notice when I haven't eaten till like 6 PM, that's when I know I'm really into the project. But if I've noticed I've eaten all the meals I'm supposed to, it's kind of like, okay, you're a little bit bored. Um, because of that, I try to only take on projects that I actually care about. Um, mm -hmm. I have noticed, and I do try to pay attention to my natural tendencies of what works best for me, where mm -hmm. I notice if I have to, let's say, write copy or I need to write big, long emails. I can't do that at night. My brain is just, it's not really optimized. So I do that for the, the beginning of the day, but more of this creative stuff where it's more like strategizing or working with data and reading charts where it's like, I can just let my mind kind of explore. That's generally when I work at night. I think that's helped me in terms of my focus because I might've been doing the opposite. Where I'm like, right, you're supposed to write something and it's like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, dude, I don't, I'm tired. I want to go to bed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes, you know, my, I've been known to have focus <laughs> come in and out here and there where I'm like, pay attention, Michael. It's fine. We got this. Yeah. As, as entrepreneurs, we struggle to focus sometimes. So like, I know that's my biggest problem sometimes as well. Yeah. I, I, it, it's probably just something I think in my opinion to pay attention to it's worth that's like true. not maybe yeah. being negative about it, but mm -hmm. like how I did, I was like, 
why do I feel this way? And then I would kind of think about, I'm like, I don't like doing that stuff at night. So sometimes I'll have team meetings and I'm just like, Hey, if it's something where we're having a meeting at nighttime and you need me to be creative in this certain way. Um, no, like save it for the daytime because I'm going to like have a healthy boundary. And just let you guys know, like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, unless it's an emergency, obviously, if it's an emergency, then, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But for the most part, I think being aware and cognitive of like who you actually are as a person, mm. probably, you know, <laughs> it's best. hundred percent. If somebody's sitting on the fence, they haven't started their business or they're stuck. What advice would you have for somebody like that? Ooh, that's a good question. Best advice. And have they ever had like, are they more normally like a nine to five kind of person? Now they're stepping into their own. Uh, So let me give you some background. So this podcast um, is really for people that want to start grow um, an online business. And most of the audience is people that they just haven't decided yet. They're still on the fence or there's people that have started. They, they had a great business, but it failed. You know, so they're kind of like, is this entrepreneurial journey really for me? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to Google this quote real quick. Um, it's, it's something I think would be really good. Um, if you're not embarrassed when you ship your first version, you waited too long. And there's another version of it. If you've launched your product and was perfect, you took too long to launch. Mm-hmm. I think it's this idea that I think most people wait mm-hmm. and they hold off till they got the perfect this, the right mm-hmm. this, it's perfect. It doesn't happen. Like it never happens. I did this one week challenge for TikTok last year when yeah. all, the, all the stuff shut down in America. Like literally everybody was told to stay home. I felt bad because everybody was then going on TikTok and then they're like, oh, I can make money from here, but they didn't have money to invest. People didn't even have jobs. So I did this one week challenge. It was 20 bucks, five days. I got five of the top, top TikTok people to do with me each day. We did a certain thing. So I talked about content strategy, the next person, this next person, that really, really good. 20 bucks. I had no clue what the hell I was doing. I had never done a challenge before. It was something that I conceived of and launched within a 24 hour period. And there was so many bumps. I had no clue what I was doing. I winged everything and it was my most successful mm-hmm. out of, I think well, it was $20. So it's pretty cheap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like that probably helps, but I did it just in my Facebook group. And I think we had 600 people sign up and wow. I think 580 attended. And from one day to day five, I think on the final day, we had like 400 and something that went through the entire process. I got I think 200 video testimonials about that. And it was my most wing thing. So my example and why I'm saying this is that sometimes you just have to do it. Like you got to do it sloppy. You have to do it messy and you just got to figure it out. And if you're waiting for that exact moment, it is never going to come ever, ever, ever. Mm -hmm. Nobody has ever been like, it was perfect. Maybe some things are lined up pretty well, but yeah, if you're holding back because you're just waiting for that thing, don't. You got to learn as you go, grow as go as you grow, I guess. Um, and just do it, just start it, you know, like yeah. it's just time is time is precious. You don't, you don't want to be one of those people who are like, oh, if I would have done that six months ago, I would have been here. Just do it. Promise you it's worth it. I like that advice. Alex Sharfin has a good quote that I really love. And he says that if your business is, is perfect, um, and then if, if what, then your business is broken, if you think it's perfect, then your business is broken because, you know, mm. um, or 
I think I screwed that quote up now. <laughs> I think about it. <laughs> no, I get it though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Michael, this has been awesome. Is there anything else that you can add to the audience that I might have missed asked you? Um, in regards to TikTok or just in general? Oh, general TikTok, wherever you want to let your mind go. It's fine. I would say the things that I'm most focused on in 2020 mm-hmm. for social media and business as a whole, because I, mm-hmm. I know these are the most important things that are going to happen for the future of social, aside from the obvious of technology, getting really good at copywriting and getting really good at storytelling. I think if you can get good at copywriting, you know what to put in your videos, how to say it, how mm-hmm. to write a script. I think most people copywriting, they think of just ads or things on a website, mm-hmm. but Technically, copywriting is even what to say, how to say it, why you should structure the thing. So, um, you know, for example, if I'm like, um, I was doing this in my business and I didn't really understand. Here's three things you got to know. Just simple swap of here's three things you need to know if you're a lawyer so you don't get sued. Like it's it's the same thing I just said, but it's short, it's condensed, Mm -hmm. it's sweet. The first three sentences are talking to a problem. I'm identifying an audience. That is something that you would do when you write copy, but I think it's very, very important for when you speak it. And then storytelling, storytelling on social media, especially TikTok is, I'm starting to think is the most important thing for short form and TikTok videos. It doesn't matter what you say, it's how you say it and how it relates to the audience. That's what really, truly matters, especially as TikTok gets more popular, more people are going to get on, more people are going to be talking about themselves. But if you're that one person who's like, instead of, here's this thing that I use on my product. It's more of like, Hey, if you're struggling with this, I was too. I tried everything. You should try this out. Like that feels more about them. And then, Hey, by the way, this just happens to be my product. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Those two things are the ones I'm most focused on. I think everybody listening, mm-hmm. if you're trying to get better at TikTok, definitely do that. And then if you want, I have a bunch of courses and stuff. It's for free. I'm not going to sell you on anything. You can just DM me or I'll put the link or send you a link and you can just go consume it. There's no upsells. It's, it's literally just, here you go, go learn. Hopefully you take value away from it. Um, if you want to get more nitty gritty into like, you know, real structured things of this is exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, hopefully that's helpful. So what offer do you have currently for the audience, Michael? And where can they reach you to get this offer? Um, I kind of don't have many offers right now. I'm switching up a whole new game plan for 2022. Yeah. Um, I think maybe the only offer that we do have is that we do work with businesses or business owners mm-hmm. where we help write and craft and create all of your strategy, write out your scripts. We do all your caption writing, everything. So you just basically pop up, show up, read your little paper for the day, and then you just create the video. We provide examples. We do the one-on-one calls and everything like that. Um, if you want to check that out, if it's something that might be of interest, you can go to hitthefyp.com, um, literally H-I-T-F-Y-P.com. Um, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm switching some things up. So I'm trying to give out everything I can for free and uh, doing stuff on the back end of things. So yeah, that's, awesome. that's probably the best, easiest one. Thanks, Michael. So you guys can definitely reach out to him and um, yeah, maybe take Michael up on the offer on the free courses because content <laughs> is king, definitely. And that's something that Stephen Larson would always say, content is king. And it is because if you're really good in content, it's such a great way to just drive organic traffic to all of your things without actually having to pay for it. Um, so yeah. that's awesome. Michael, this has been fantastic. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It was fun. I, I enjoy this. If anybody has any questions, follow-ups, like feel free. You can DM me on Instagram. I try my best to reply as fast as I can because it's always fun questions to answer. So yeah, if you want to go further, let me know. Awesome. Thank you.